Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff with the maestro himself, Mr. Tony Davis, celebrating his grandson's one-year birthday Today, the birthday won't be till tomorrow, and he is knee-deep with Cedar Rapids Kennedy Cougars boys basketball. Mr. Viss, how are you today, my friend? Doing well. It was a, a good time to celebrate family. Uh, our youngest grandson turned one, or turns one tomorrow, I should say, and uh, everybody was back. I uh, got to see all our kids, all our grandkids, uh, and then we got to see uh, our son, Brandon, his in-laws as well, and we hadn't seen... Uh, uh, Brooks' parents for a while, so it was good to catch up with them today and to celebrate family. And yeah, it's been it's been a good day. We've had a really good start to our season. Uh, we did a little practice with our freshmen together yesterday, and then for the last uh, hour of it, just kind of turned it into a competitive scrimmage with them. And uh, it was it was good. We got to work on some game like situations and play through some adversity. And looking forward to week two that kicks off tomorrow. How about yourself? Uh, it's good. Uh, we also had the good family situation. Um, went up to Sioux Falls, um, and uh, Carter. You know, long story short, the five of us were all together for the first time since um, since May, I believe, or June, at my dad's seventy uh, fifth birthday party. So that was the last time that all of us were together. Uh, so that was really nice. And Jenny's home for the week, and Carter will be home in a couple of days. So. Um, so yeah, so we're, uh, it's, it's been good. It's been, it's been really, really good. So practice has gone really, really well. Um, and, uh, just excited where our team has gone. And that is what we are going to get into right now, Mr. Viss, because believe it or not, and this is kind of crazy, I could not find a quality athlete in the three main sports with the uniform number 65. Wow. I was sitting there today. I was driving back, and I was like, I think this is 65, because I'm looking forward to that at some point in my life, to, to call it a career. But and I, said, I can't think of any 65s. It was going through my head, offensive linemen, and, and yeah. Yeah, I, I literally got nothing. I got I got nothing for you. So um, so we are go though, and, and Tony and I were talking a little bit about our practices. We are going to talk about practice and developing mental and physical toughness early on in the season here in your practices to set you up for your competitions. And and there's no better place to start than this time. And, uh, you know, Tony, uh, I, I think it's, it's one of the most important things that you can do. It is an educational process. I think toughness, to me, is a skill. You can coach a kid to be mentally tougher. You can coach a kid to be physically tougher, just like you coach their ball handling, their defense, their rebounding, all the other things within the game. I think this is something that you can improve your team as as both individually and as a whole as the season moves on. Most definitely. You know, we, we've had that conversation a few different times with our players this week. We, you know, talked about the fact that a lot of times we think football's about toughness and it 100% is. And it's like, you know, and then we go into basketball and we think it's more finesse and skill. And don't get me wrong, those are two important traits in that game. But, you know, I, I'm a big believer in toughness, both physically and mentally. You know, we talk about with rebounding, one of our key phrases is, you know, 
hit first or be hit. And so we want to make sure we get that tag in. We want to get that a lot. And then, you know, we talk a lot about mental toughness as well. Um, one of the things that we, we talk through is the fact that uh, positive self-talk and, mm-hmm. and, and different things that you go through with that, but those are all key ingredients in order to be a successful basketball player. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you there, Tony. I, I think you kind of uh, hit my first point is uh, you have to educate your team about toughness. I, I really believe that that is a, uh, a part of your job. What is toughness? What is uh, what does it look like? How do you define it? And I know that, uh, and I've I, I feel like I'm I'm beating the proverbial dead horse here, Tony. But uh, we spend uh, an inordinate amount of time the two weeks that we have before the season starts, building our culture, talking about toughness, uh, all of those buzzwords, things like that. Uh, One of the things that I expanded upon this year um, was uh, how to handle those things. And we talked to our players about, you're going to get frustrated at some point during the season. How do you respond to it? Whether that's with your individual play, with your minutes, with the shots that you're getting. Maybe it's the role that you've been asked to serve, whatever it may be. Uh, so we really, we educated our, our players, and, and we continue to on a daily basis, but we also talked to our parents about how to handle frustration. They're, they're, they're probably going to come home frustrated at some point. It's a natural part of this and they have to fail before they succeed sometimes. Um, you know, we also, and, and, and we talked a little bit before we started recording, Tony, um, we also talked to them about, you know, when it comes to physical toughness, um, there's being courageous and then there's stupidity. Uh, you know, you, you know, well, my my elbow's going in the wrong direction, but I want to go back in the game. Well, no, no, you're 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 not going to do that, or whatever it may be. Uh, you appreciate that they want to play. You appreciate that they want to do, it, but sometimes you have to uh, you have to help your kids know. Uh, for example, are you are you injured or are you hurt? Uh, there's a difference. Are you hurting a little bit or are you truly injured? And is this going to take you out of the competition or the practice or whatever it may be? And, and so I think all of those things, uh, you need to educate your, your players, you need to educate your families about all of those things so that they know what your expectation is when it comes to their mental and physical toughness. Yes, you know, and, and Jay Billis not too long ago wrote a book entitled Toughness, and I loved his definition there was doing the right thing even when it's not best for you. And, you know, that, that this is a, this is a really difficult thing to do. And I, I like the part that you got into there talking as well about being injured and being hurt. You know, this week, uh, for some of them that, that maybe didn't participate in the fall activity, fall sport, uh, they were sore some of those days. And, you know, yeah. they had to come in the next day and they had to bring it again. And we had some, some guys that were in that boat. And then we had most of them that fought through it. And some of them that were like, I, I need to find something else to do. Yeah. And so after a day or two, in after being sore they decided to you know call it call it a season uh you know and so i I understand that as well but it's about going in 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 shape and putting yourself in the best possible position to compete because when you don't do that you put yourself behind the eight ball and like like you were talking about big difference you know you know they had the the jets player whose bone was sticking out of his 
his football glove today that that gentleman's definitely injured not yeah. hurt yeah that gentleman's definitely injured and there's a big difference i watched this week a little bit of the college game day thing and uh jeff brown was on and they were talking to him when he played the xfl he got tackled and his, he was literally looking out his ear hole and then the next game he was ready to go and you know and play in that game and you know was he being tough or was he being maybe a little bit a little bit reckless yeah um so how do you how do you build that in practices to <coughs> excuse me <coughs> i'm so choked up by this question tony i i just this is so emotional for me to ask this question mm, keep it together ah. <coughs> uh what do you do in practice? I'm going to slow down now. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Evil. <laughs> hey, throw me a freaking bone here, all right? Are they ill-tempered? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> my wife is rolling her eyes as, she's, as, as we speak right now because she's like, God, I hate that movie because I've ruined it for everyone within my orbit, so... <laughs> Liquid hot magma. <laughs> I, I, I can understand. I can understand your pain there. Uh, uh, for one million dollars, Mister Viz, <laughs> how do you develop mental and physical toughness in practice? You know, practice a lot of times it's it's about putting them in situations where they have to display both of those things. You know, we have a drill. I believe we did it was the last drill we did on the first day of practice we call it the man drill and with the man drill um you don't dribble it you don't shoot it you have the sideline the midcourt line and the end line that you have to stay within and you have to cut and just catch and pass to the open player and then what ends up happening was you allow the defense not that you're a pinata and we let them take cheap shots on you but we allow the defense to be very physical with you and the way that they take points off of you is they get steals and they turn you over mm -hmm. and then at the end of two minutes we flip it around and you, they exchange roles and then we sit there we how many catches you have how many catches you have and so say everybody had 10 catches five times 10 is 50 then we just subtract the turnovers from it, and then we turn it around and we let it go again. And it's it gets pretty physical. It gets tough. You know, ten minutes of or sorry, two minutes of constantly moving offensively, and then another two minutes of constantly moving defensively, uh, without much break and in a confined area, not able to dribble, not able to shoot it. It, it challenges you a little bit. And then we've got some rebounding drills we call one Bronco. Um, and again, we let it get physical. And then another one we call black and blue for obvious reasons. And those are some physical toughness things. And then we take them and we do some other things where, um, you know, we do a free throw shooting drill we call Xavier free throws. If you make it, you give your team one point. If you miss it, you add two points to other team score. You've got to basically make 20 free throws as a team before you miss 10 as a team. And, you know, after you lose that a few times and you run for it, it, it challenges your mental toughness a little yeah. bit. you got to get back. And we've got other things where we give them 10 seconds to run it down and back. And if they don't get it in, we run it again. And I always tell them it's much easier to get it in the first time rather than after three or four times it becomes very, very challenging. And I don't – we don't go to 11 seconds. We don't go to 10 and a half. We keep it at 10. And, you know, so those are some things that we do that really kind of stretch them both physically and mentally. Um, and then, you you know, you, you don't get me wrong, you guide them some, but there's times you kind of step back and you let the leadership and let the toughness of their teammates try to develop there as well. And then mm -hmm. at the end of practice, one of the things we've gotten into a little bit, um, you know, I tell them put downs are, are 
very common. All you got to do is stand in the hallway. And so we have, we'll go probably once every two or three weeks, we'll do what we call put-ups. And we did one last week to, to demonstrate it and show it. And like I said, we, we scrimmaged our freshman on Saturday. And I went over to talk with the freshman coach for a second because we had to set the gym up for a tournament today. And I came back and it was crazy. My assistant coach was with them talking. And one of the guys wanted to start doing put-ups. And so that's what they're in the middle of doing when I walked back. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's good to see those things because, again, that's the type of leadership and toughness that you're trying to, to empower and install in them. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really believe, Tony, and I, I, I think we're uh, very much in the, in the same vein. It, it's intense practices. We do a lot of quick changes in our practice. Uh, you know, four-minute drill, boom, three-minute drill, boom, five-minute drill, boom, four. You know, we don't, you know, we don't do a lot of 20 minutes of this and then followed yep. by 20 minutes of that. It's, it's a lot of that. We make them, it's an old Don Meyer thing, we make them echo uh, whenever they call it out, or you know, if I say, "Hey, uh, we're doing three on zero shooting," they have to yell out three on zero shooting, and they know that if they don't yell out with at in a positive uh, at at the level we would like to hear it, uh, there's a consequence for that, a, a very quick consequence. And I'm going to talk about that. Well, I could talk about right now. You know, we we have really quick consequences, especially for mental mistakes. We don't want to stop the whole practice, chew some kid's butt for three minutes straight, and then make them run, and then your entire rhythm of your whole practice is shot. Um, We really do our darndest to to not do that. And in my time uh, here at Fort Calhoun, that's really only happened one time in three seasons where I, you know, kind of lost it, you know, and, and I'll own it. I did without a doubt. I, I, I got really upset at a kid and, and, uh, but she knew what she did and, and, and it was a series of mistakes. Uh, but you know, you know, that was the one time that I really can think of. Otherwise it's okay. We didn't, we didn't echo that enough. Five quick push ups, boom, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of times we don't do the running because they're getting enough running as it is. Uh, let's save that running for when we want to play. Uh, let's do a quick upper body thing or something like that. Um, so those mental mistakes, we have the quick things. Um, you know, when we have a mental mistake and, you know, like if they're not talking in shell, okay, blow the whistle. All right, plank, get down, plank. You're not talking enough. Give me a plank. And we have them do it for five, 10 seconds. Okay, boom. Now let's get back up. And usually all it takes is one or two of those. And if you've got good kids who have good intentions, they're going to correct that mental mistake pretty quick. Um, but the intense practices with quick changes is really, really important for us. Um, the toughness drills are part of it. Um, we really want to go up-tempo this year. And I literally told my kids as we were doing some of our up-tempo drills in practice, I said, I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to suck Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. This is going to, it's, it's going to be bad. It's, it's going to be really hard on you, but the plan is you're going to have fun on Friday and Saturday. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we want to try to have happen here. Uh, that's the end goal. And if you embrace the suck Monday through Thursday, Friday and Saturday should be a lot of fun if you do things the right way. Um, now that's obviously not going to happen every Friday and Saturday. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, but it's those type of things, those type of quick things. You don't need to go on a five minute diatribe on those things. It's, it's just quick bullet point things like a Kevin Eastman would say coaching bullet points 
and then they understand why they're being asked to do what they're doing. And you've got to be able to sell them uh, and sell it to your players on why this toughness drill is so important for them. Don't you think, Tony? Most definitely. If they can see the end game, if you will, the end goal, then they're more willing to sacrifice. If they can't see that and all they understand is, man, this is hard, this is tough, where's the where's the payout going to be, then you're going to run across that. But, yeah, if they can see the end goal, they'll be willing to push themselves through it and to make the sacrifice for it to be able to get where they want to go. Mm-hmm. What are some things to maybe avoid, Tony, when you're trying to build toughness? Sometimes uh, we think... You know, we, we have to keep in mind that they're still kids uh, and, and we're not fighting off an alien invasion or anything like that. The, you know, it's it's not dependent on that. But we want to toughen the players up mentally and physically. Yeah, you, you know, so you definitely we, want to do that. And like you're saying, Marty, it's not an alien invasion. Uh, they're not trying to join a group of special forces or anything like that. You want to make sure that you have age appropriate expectations for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that that's very important as well. Um, you know, in terms of things you don't wanna you don't want to push them past a point. They're high school kids. Um, they've got a lot of growing and learning to do and hopefully you're a part of helping that in a healthy way, uh, not bringing about something that's going to cause, you know, physical and emotional scars for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so you've got to keep that in mind. And they're not training for a marathon. You know, you want to you want to keep things within in balance, so to speak. You want to be in good shape, but they don't need to go out and run a four minute mile or anything insane like that. Yeah. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin video library. What are what are some ways that you, you know, what's the fine art of coaching? And this is one of those situations where you want to develop mental toughness. You want to develop physical toughness. Um, it, it sounds like um, some of your your pack of cougars, uh, you know, the, the weaker parts of the pack kind of voluntarily left the pack earlier this week. Uh, you know, how do you do that, but also do it in the right way in a, fundamental and conscientious way what what are some of the things that you're thinking of when you're doing those things tony yeah it's just you know if they if they decided on their own you know you don't belittle them i treat them treat them with respect um you know and i just i'll send them a thing like hey we missed you at practice today is everything okay and yeah you know one guy was you know he had to watch his siblings after school. Another one, um, the dad's hours at his job changed, you know, and different things. And so, uh, you know, you just treat them well. Hey, thanks for letting me know. I wish you all the best. And you go from there, you know, Mm -hmm. and they, some of them thank me for allowing them to be on the team for the few days that they were. And it was like, I, you know, you obviously have a choice to be out here. It wasn't me allowing you, but I enjoyed coaching in the time that I had, but you don't have to be, you don't have to be a jerk about it to them. If they decide that, you know, for whatever reason, this isn't for them, you know, then you wish them well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you there. Um, 
that's kind of the hard part about our job is sometimes kids step away. Uh, sometimes you're in a certain situation. I know you have a no cut policy there in, in yep. at, at Kennedy, uh, but sometimes you, you have to make cuts. Um, I, I think that there are things that you can do where like you're alluding to here, Tony, kids kind of cut themselves, you know, yeah. um, yep. so in the practice, we have a three unexcused absence rule and, you know, I reach out to him. I shoot him an email. Hey, we missed you at everything okay and you know and you try to send a message for one he had just moved here from minnesota uh he didn't show up and meet and have a conversation with me and you know hey no big deal uh send him a mess you know send him a message hey unfortunately today was your third unexcused absence um you know if you want to talk about maybe being a part of the program as a manager or something like that let me know mm-hmm. i i think one of those things like you talk about tony um you know you, you kind of give the the old no excuses mantra uh, but within reason, I, I think is another thing that you can do here as you're building your mental and physical toughness. Um, you're always trying to, and I'm sure you're doing this, Tony, you introduce a drill, uh, or this is what I do, I guess I should say. Uh, we introduce a drill. Okay, here's, uh, let's just see how we do. So we have a drill, we call it five-minute shooting. And we did it the first day, and for a lot of our kids, because we have a lot of kids back, it's a... Uh, it's a, they've, they've done it before. So once we're like, oh yeah, okay. Yep. Here's the details of the drill. We go from there. Um, for, but for a few kids, it's a new drill. And so we go through and I think the first day, uh, and I won't go through the scoring system with you, but we, we got like 104 points, which is not a very good score, but it's the first day. But I was just like, Hey, let's run the drill. Okay. So then the next day we came right back to, it. I said, okay, yesterday we got 104 today. We have to get at least, I, I forget what I said, 116, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and we ended up with like 134 or something like that. I mean, they, they knocked it out of the park. They did a great job, but just continually upping the ante, you know, okay, we did this shooting drill. Uh, like I, I previously referred to three on zero shooting. Okay. We did it here. Let's count. Let's see how many we got. Okay. Today we got 72. All right. Tomorrow we need to have 82 makes. And then they started getting really hot. I'm like, all right, make sure we get 87. And they're looking at me like, no, you said 82. No, I, I, I said 87. I, I said 87. I don't know what you're talking about. And they ended up with like 89 or 90 or something like that, you know. Uh, but you're just always upping that ante. And and how far how far can you push those competitive situations against the clock, against the scoreboard? Uh, we have a drill called cycle drills. And the first day we did it, they had to finish it in 39 seconds. Then the next day it was 38 seconds. Well, the other day it was down to 37 seconds, you know, and ultimately, uh, especially our top kids, by the end of the season, they should probably be getting that in 30, 34, 35. We're going to see how far we can push it to where they have success, uh, but they're going to fail every once in a while, and they've really got to lock in mentally and be mentally tough to finish those drills. I 100% agree with that. I think at times what's happened is we've taken failure out of things for kids, you know, whether we want to think we're doing them a favor, we're actually doing them a disservice because I don't know about you, but I've learned way more from the failures in my life than I have from the successes. So it's okay to have them fail um, and then to bounce back and get it because anything that, that's worth getting, it's going to be hard. You know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And so, you know, you want to make sure that you, you challenge them and, mm-hmm. and, and in a healthy way. And like you said, I like the adjusting things. You know, we'll do a drill tomorrow. We call 
uh, six spot layups. They've got to get 30 layup makes in two minutes mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a team. And, you know, I had that number out there and we're getting ready to start it. And like my assistant coach says, hey, Chris, you think I should drop this down to like 28 since the first night? No, keep it at 30. And they went out and got, they ended up, I think they're over 30. But by the end of the year, well, our goal will be 38 or 39. Yeah. And it just you just keep bumping it up, and we have other things that we'll do too that you just keep bumping up. Everything's going to be competitive, and like you said, you keep bumping it because you know our job as a coach is to see you know mm-hmm. to, to find that greatness within them and yeah. to help them get there. And you know you just keep adjusting and moving and encouraging and hold them accountable, and, and hopefully things turn out in a good good healthy way. Have you have you told your kids that before, Tony? Hey, my job is to make this hard on you because I just did it the other yeah. day. Yep. They know, I, you know, I tell them, you know, that my job as their coach is to help them and become the best version of them, both as a uh, player and as a person. And, you know, and there are going to be days, I'm sure you've told their kids this, there's going to be days that you might not like me very much. And I'm okay with that. Um, you know, my, my job, you know, get me wrong. It's got to be in a healthy way, but my job is to help you become the best version of you. Mm-hmm. And there's times you're going to fail and there's times, you know, I'm going to hold you accountable and there's times we're going to condition when we don't meet goals and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, still in your corner, I still, still think great things about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's the, uh, can you, do you have to be smart about your toughness, Tony? Uh, what are, what are adjustments that you need to make here? Uh, what are some things that you look for when you think, ah, man, we might, we might not want to do this here or those type of things? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, you know, we, we oftentimes go six days a week as I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. And if you've gotten after it really, really hard four or five days in the preseason and you get to a weekend and they don't have the juice, so to speak, um, that's not the day to, to, you know, make an example. Yeah. Um, that would be a day where you want to show a little bit of understanding. You want to show a little bit of, you know, uh, grace, if you will, mercy. Uh, yeah. I think those, those words can be thrown in there. Um, and, and, and not be insane. And there's times, you know, with drills and stuff when it's getting physical past a point. Uh, we had a kid the other day, uh, a kid was going in for a layup and he chopped him in the head. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. um, you know, I'm all about, physicality and I'm all about toughness and stuff like that, but that's, that's not what we do to each other. Yeah. Um, you know, I said, don't, don't cross a point where teammates, we're brothers, we're family, if you will. And, uh, we don't do that to each other. I wouldn't even encourage you to do that against an opponent in a game. That's, mm-hmm. that's dirty. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we address those things to keep it, you know, cause it's a, it's a fine line on a lot of things in there. You want to make sure you stay on the right side of things. Yeah. We actually went through that, the the other day uh we had uh and i told you this uh before we started um i think i told you this yeah. uh thursday and friday were two of the best practices that we've had we we had we had a real good first day tuesday was was outstanding wednesday uh solid not great you know but it's good it's good and then we really challenged them thursday and friday and we we you know, we've come up with a little mantra here, dominate every drill, whether it's one on zero, five on zero, two on two, five on five, dominate every drill. And now the girls are starting to repeat that. Hey, dominate the drill, dominate the drill, you know, which is music to my ears. Uh, 
And so we had a really great practice on Thursday. We had a great practice on Friday. We had some community outreach stuff. We call it Pizza with the Pioneers Friday night. So our kids were up at the school till about eight o'clock on Friday. They were they were and we went and turned back around. We we started practice at eight AM Saturday morning. And you could just tell like they were and I had on on the way home uh with driving home with Michael I was like we're supposed to go two hours tomorrow. We're going 90 minutes. I, had, I already told him that. So I got to school and I redid some things. And then even when they came in, I'm like, oh, wow, we are, they, they have given me everything. And, and we were kind of talking and, and we had them do some right from the get go. We had them do some running stuff right away. Cause I wanted to just, okay, you know, part of it again, we got to be tough. You know, there's times I got to be tough on you and get the most out of you that I can. Uh, and then we did a bunch of fundamentals in the middle of practice. And then we were going to do a little bit of scrimmaging. And after about two possessions, I, I saw that they didn't have it. And, and we told them about halfway through the practice, uh, we do the old Don Meyer one-minute assessment. What's one or two things we're doing really well? What's one thing that we need to do better here? We try to do this in about a minute. Um, and we told them, we said, hey, we can see your minds. Your minds are really willing to do what we're, we're asking you to do, especially in the full court. Your bodies are struggling to keep up. We see it, but we see we see the good intentions that you have. We also understand that your bodies are are struggling here, and we've we know we've worked you hard, uh, but we still need we still need to cover some things, so forth and so on. Um, and then we 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 started to do a little scrimmage thing, and after about two possessions, I'm like, we're done, and we did all shooting the last twenty minutes of practice, and I told the kids. I said, you have earned the right to have practice cut short by the way you've practiced this week. We're going to do some shooting. We did a couple shooting games. Uh, we worked on form shooting, um, and we got them out of there. We got them out of there in about 90 minutes, and it was it was a great way to end a really, really tough first week. And we got we got the, we got got the our work in, and they they showed their mental toughness by trying to get it done. Uh, and, and obviously it's okay. This is how far we can push them. Now we know how far we can push them. Now we know what the edge is and we, and we know how far they're willing to go for themselves and their teammates, which was great to see as well. I mean, there's a great group of kids to coach, but we had to be smart about how far we were going to push them. And we didn't want to push them too far or have a bad practice on Saturday, which would put a damper on all the great things that the kids had done Monday through Friday. And that's, and that's where we were coming from. Yeah, you could have ruined the the five great days with, you know, kind of blowing a gasket, so to speak. And then uh, that could have led into a bad however many days the following week. And then, you know, in preparation for trying to get ready to play that next week, it could have some big time ramifications there. So, you know, you don't want to don't want to short circuit things six days in. Coaches, you know, just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information... You can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. I can tell you this, Tony. I know the toughest band to come out of the 80s. Do you know who it is? I'm going to go with my favorite continent, Europe.
you betcha it's your favorite continent it's your favorite theme song it is all of that and a bag of chips you know uh, you, you got me number two you know I gotcha. yeah mini me uh i really think tony had trivia last week i think it's my turn but tony had trivia ready to go but we're gonna go with my trivia question so uh are you ready sir I can get them wrong with the best, but let's, let's do it. Okay. All right. I, I thought I would tie this in to episode number 200, uh, that by the time folks hear this, uh, it will be out for a few days. Had the privilege to interview Bob Hurley Sr., uh, and it was just awesome. And I talked all about that on that pod, so I, I'm not going to rehash it there. Coach Viss, Bob Hurley Sr. was the head basketball coach at St. Anthony's High School for 39 seasons. Dang. How many state championships did he win in those 39 seasons? And I will give you a hint. It is more than half of his seasons. (laughs) Uh, Let's go 20... Three. That is incorrect. You are too low. Dog. Um, 26. Ding, 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 ding. 26 state championships. Out of 39. Out of 39 season, he, he won 26 state championships. Holy cow. You know, Marty, if there was a Mount Rushmore of high school basketball coaches... Uh, he's a no-brainer. Morgan Wooten would be another one I could think of uh, right off the top of my head. Um, the guy at Montverde, Kevin Boyle, there we go. I was yeah. going to say his name was escaped yeah. me, but those three are, are just incredible. I got a perfect one to go right next to him. Chad Angel. Kelly Flynn. Chad Angel. <laughs> no doubt about that. My bad, I was thinking Kelly Flynn. No, that's, <laughs> it's just way better. It's been a while since we've had a Chad Angel reference, so I felt like it was appropriate at this time. So it is, it yeah. is. Uh, no, uh, twenty six state championships out of out of thirty nine seasons as a as a head coach or forty maybe forty five. I don't know, but it's a crazy number. Um, and uh, here's a little side note: How many national championships did he win? Mythical <sighs> national championships. Eight. Uh no, lower. Five. Lower. Three. Higher. Four. There you go. <laughs> Nardog nailed it. Uh, yeah, four national championships, 26 state championships. Um, yeah, he, uh, you know, he, he, he did some things in his career. So uh, the, the crazy thing is when he ended up basically funding everything. I mean, with all he did for that school with, like, fundraising and stuff, I mean, what an incredible opportunity to talk to someone like that. And, you know, you take a look at his boys. Bobby, obviously, at Arizona State. Danny just won the national championship last year at UConn. Uh, Bobby had an incredible playing career. Danny was a good player, too, but just you always think of Bobby as, like, the the quintessential point guard. Um, But, yeah, Mm -hmm. just incredible, incredible story, incredible life. Yeah, yeah. It, like I said, I went I went into a lot of the the details with it um, at the beginning of the pod and kind of how everything came about, and everybody will get to hear the conversation. And uh, you know, so uh, you know, by the by the time most folks will be hearing this, that it'll be available for a few days. So um, it was it was pretty awesome. 
it was it was great and 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 he was just a really gracious gracious man so um so from there we of course go to here Thank you, Mel Allen. It is time for this week in basketball. Mr. Viss, where do we want to start? Uh, NBA, college men's basketball, or women's basketball? The one that I'm interested in right now is the whole situation with Angel Reese and LSU. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you'd say that because I really (laughs) wanted to talk about that. Uh, uh, Thoughts, Tony? You know, to say that they're off to a rocky start might be the, the biggest understatement ever. Um, you know, I, I think it all kind of started with the fact, you know, they got beat by Colorado, which there's nothing wrong with that. Colorado's no. a good team. I think they're in the top five now. But anyway, um, then they're going to go play, a, you know, a team in their state, directional school, and she's not there. And so then all of a sudden the rumor mill begins to heat up what's going on because Mulkey had benched her in the previous game. They're up two. I think she had taken a three and Mulkey takes her right away and then benched her second half and they ended up one by 30. And so then the very next game, she's not there. So it begins the whole, you know, conundrum. Is she transferring? Did she quit? And then all of a sudden you have her mom and Fuji Johnson's mom. I hope I'm saying that name right. Anyway, begin to trade insults over social media um, with and basically they think that she's not eligible because of grades right now. And so, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely an episode out of the Twilight Zone. Apparently, uh, this is according and, and again, one of the most uh uh, viable news sources in our country, the New York Post. Uh, but this is this is on Twitter or X or whatever we call it now. Uh, she put something out here. And, and let me remind folks that Tony and I, again, during the season, we're probably, the vast majority of the time, we're going to be taping these on Sunday nights, and you're gonna, not going to hear these until Friday mornings. And, and so Tony and I are going to be a few days behind the news cycle, and we understand that. So as we talk about these things, this is what we know as of Sunday night. Uh, but she put out something on X here. It says... Uh, please don't believe everything you read. Uh, that was her one thing that, that I have seen here. Uh, you know, I, I think that, um, I, I think, you know, talk about toughness. Uh, the easy thing for Kim Mulkey to do would just be to look the other way, uh, not hold Angel Reese accountable, who led them to a national championship, who is, uh, probably, you know, looking at her being a, a, a first-team All-American. Um, but there, um, with, you know, there is definitely some uh, rumors of things that, you know, followed her from Maryland and uh, just, you know, just some stuff there. Um, a lot of people saw uh, what happened at the end of the national championship game last year between her and Caitlin Clark, or it wasn't really Caitlin Clark wasn't involved with it. Um, and, and so a lot of people are going to jump to some conclusions. I think we have to let everything play out, but I I think that it is a unique story early on in the season where, um, Kim Mulkey is making a statement that whatever is going on here, no one person is going to be bigger than the Louisiana state program. And, I don't care what you have done. This is where we are at right now. And whatever her motivations were, and of course, Coach, Coach Mulkey isn't going to say a whole lot about anything. Um, you know, she's 
she is he she is putting the name on the front of the jersey ahead of the name on the back on the jersey at least that is the public perception of things right now and 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 we'll see how where it goes from here yeah and like you said the court of public opinion is not an official court uh yeah. we'll sit back and watch it play out um in all in all sincerity i i, I hope it it is something that's very very minor and uh, she'll be back soon with the Tigers, and they can put some of this drama behind them and get ready maybe to put their best foot forward to defend their national championship. Yeah, I think one of the lessons here, Tony, is we get so involved with our own teams that you know we look at our situations, our particular situations with the Kennedy Cougars or the Calhoun Pioneers, and we go, man, we're dealing with this, and, and we're dealing with that, and look at our rivals and they I'm sure everything's right every team has something every team yeah. has something going on some are bigger than others but there's always something going on and if there's not anything going on you can sure bet you pretty soon something's going to be happening and and I and I think that you know this shows that even at the highest levels with the best teams you're going to be dealing with stuff and you have to prepare yourself on how to deal with stuff coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet as many of you know i spent two years outside of coaching and during that time i hung a note card in my workspace at school that said strip the house down to the studs i took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program as i prepared for the possibility of coaching again I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Most definitely. Um, you know, the best, not that you can plan exactly what it's going to be, but the best kind of scenario and those things is to practice it so that when it happens, um, you can think through it rationally and have things thought out well rather than, uh, you know, kind of kind of uh, shooting from the cuff and and then the next thing you know you've you've poured gasoline on a fire and made it only worse mm-hmm. but it's taken away from a really good start to the women's college basketball season I mean, oh obviously colorado knocked off them uh you had uconn losing to an unranked nc state team iowa got beat the other night uh yeah. by an unranked kansas state team second year uh, so in a row. those were your top three to begin the year yeah yeah, you know, last week we were singing the praises of Caitlin Clark, and then the next game she goes out and, and <laughs> they lose. Now, uh, Iowa responded today with, you know, 113 points. Uh, yeah, two points off the school record. Yeah, didn't, didn't play a whole lot of defense, it looked like. Gave up 90, uh, but but got 113. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's nice for the women's game because, you know, obviously, Tony, you and I are junkies, and we've been around. Uh, we're seasoned and experienced. And usually, you know, a lot of times in the women's game, it's a lot easier to go wire to wire. And when Brittany Griner was at Baylor, nobody was going to beat them pretty much no matter what. Or yeah. when, when Tarasi had it really going on, it was more like a UCLA situation. And now it's it's really nice these last, oh, five to seven years, just a lot more parity in the women's game. And you're seeing 
the Mississippi States make a run for a couple of years. And last year was Virginia Tech and Iowa in the Final Four. Um, you know, I, I'm trying. I know I'm missing somebody along the way, but but for years and years, it was Tennessee, UConn, Notre Dame, and blank. You know, or or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, Baylor maybe. You know, uh, now there's there's a lot more parity to it, and I think that's only going to help the game because it's 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 going to draw interest to it because it's not you know kind of predetermined if you will yeah and it's definitely at that point and you see the game evolving and changing and it's a it's a really good product i had before the year began i think i shared this last week somebody said that they thought there would be at least seven different teams that would be number one at some point in the season now we've had a couple already um Mm -hmm. south carolina looks really really good South Carolina also is going to have to play LSU, and LSU may have a have a say in that. And I'm sure they have some other good non-con games. But man, they they blitz Notre Dame, uh, who's still waiting on Olivia Miles to get back, and then they came out and just really uh, stomped a mud hole in Maryland. And yeah. they graduated a lot, and they're like, oh, South Carolina's you know going to be a little bit vulnerable, and they look like uh, South Carolina of old. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 look really good right now. Again, you kind of thought, well, they're supposed to be rebuilding. Uh, doesn't look like it. Uh, scoring a ton, of, you know, kind of playing it differently. They're scoring a ton of points right now, and, and they're getting up and down. And and uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, really impressive by them. Uh, unfortunately for UConn, AZ Fudd uh, suffered a knee injury the other day. Hopefully, it's not serious. She tore ACL and MCL while she was in high school. I think it was high school, maybe college. Uh, I think but, it was high school, yeah. Uh, so and then she got injured in in college last year as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, it's it's uh, you know another big injury. Her and, and Paige Beckers uh, supposed to be you know two of the best guards that have come out of high school in a long, long time, along with Caitlin Clark. And and unfortunately for Gino, these two stud guards have just never really been healthy at the same time to really see what they are capable of doing. Yeah, because if, I would guess they've probably played less than 20 games together. Mm-hmm. And I, and then 20 might be very generous on my end. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, hopefully she comes out all right and, and she's doing okay uh, there. So um, NBA or men's college basketball, Tony? Uh, let's, let's go pro for a little bit. Okay. Uh, a couple teams off to really good starts here. Uh, relatively speaking, Oklahoma City, nine and four. Tony, talk about the bright future Thunder. Uh, they look really, really good, and there are not very many old dudes on this team at all. No, not at all. Uh, Shea's probably the one that's got the most experience out of any of them, and it's a deal where with with him. Um, you know, do you go out because this, this process is going quicker than maybe what you anticipated? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you active at the trade deadline and, and go out and get some guys uh, to help them? Number one, they're not the deepest team in the world, but also get them some veterans so that as they get into the playoffs, um, you, you have some guys in there that have been there, done that, that can kind of, you know, use their experience and help these young dudes out. Because they got in, you know, last year, but not to the level. Because, I mean, if the season were to end today, uh, they, would be the, they would be the three seed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, SGA, top five in MVP voting last year. Chet uh, coming back. He's, he's started all 13 games. Uh, they're nine and four. He's, he's averaging 17 and about eight a game. And uh, 
you know, you wonder how the physical told the season because, you know, he's not the most physically imposing guy when it comes to his girth, if you will. Uh, but they've they've been really healthy. Uh, they've been really consistent. They've started the same starting lineup all game, uh, every game except for one, and uh, they they just look really really good. And now at some point they're going to have to make some decisions. My favorite guy to watch on that team is Josh Giddy. I just I I love I love the way he plays. I mean he's just he's just a blast to watch for me. Um, so uh, you know they 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 beat the Warriors at at San Francisco two games in a row here uh in the last few days so uh hit a huge three to send that thing into overtime that was a tough shot yeah yeah so they are they are really good um right now again of course uh, caveat being right now uh it's still very very early houston has kind of turned some things around uh they won uh six games in a row here now that's you know three three losses to start the season um but you know popped off six in a row including a win over the nuggets and whether jamal murray is there or not it's still a significant deal to get a win over them uh they, they brought in fred van vliet uh to be an adult in the room uh they brought dylan brooks in for his competitiveness and his toughness uh jalen green has taken the next step sangoon uh has has been really good jabari smith second pick overall i believe last year uh so they've got some really good things going as well tony yeah and they're like you said they're just really young and that's they got Eamon Thompson as a rookie this year. Yep. Uh, that was a really good draft pick. I was really impressed with Cam Whitmore in the preseason. Um, he hasn't hasn't had a great start to the year so far, but that's another pick that I thought that they did great in the draft on as well. Um, but yeah, this this team could make some noise. Uh, they're good. I, they may end up being you know a, a make a play in or perhaps be a playoff team. Um, but I really like the, the moves they made. Like you said, two good mm-hmm. veterans. Uh, Van Vliet is just, like you said, an adult. Uh, Dylan Brooks' competitiveness, I kind of wonder, you know, hopefully he'll be able to keep it together. I just, you know, if, he, if he's not a great leader, you kind of wonder the impact he'll have on those young guys. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're a fun team to watch. They really are. On the flip side of that, Tony, um, and I didn't put this on our list. Uh, I, I had one team on our list. Um, Golden State has not been good lately. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. They have lost six in a row, seven out of eight. Co- co- uh, you know, as as part of that trend um, is uh, Draymond getting suspended again. Uh, he's been out five games. I, I think it's. I think he's up to. His, I think his five game suspension is about over. Uh, Clay's not shooting it well. Steph is awesome as usual. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is is not playing. Uh, great, they're getting beat up by bigger teams right now. Um, is this just a bump in the road with a seasoned and experienced team, Tony, or is this something to kind of worry about? I think you got to let them get their pieces together. Uh, Steph was out for a few games. I know he played the last one against against uh, Oklahoma City. And then, like you mentioned, uh, Draymond is being Draymond again. And as good as Steph is on the offensive end, Draymond's kind of that catalyst on the defensive end for them. So those two guys need to be out there at the same time together. Uh, the thing that you continue to, to take a look at is when 
when one of those guys is out, Chris Paul's normally the guy that's been plugged into the starting lineup. And when they have everybody together and Chris Paul can be with that second group, you'll see guys like Kaminga, you'll see guys like Moses Moody, uh, you'll see guys like Trace Jackson Davis, some of these young guys that they're needing to, to grow up. And one of the things that's a big rumor out there right now is uh, they may be packaging some of those young guys in a, in a deal to go to Chicago uh, for Zach Levine. Oh, okay. uh, so I, I, I'm not trying to be whatever, but Clay... Um, I think Clay's best days are, are, are behind him, unfortunately. And I like Clay a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but if you've watched him the last, you know, season plus, he doesn't look like the Clay Thompson of old. Um, and when you take a look at the, the injuries that he's had, yeah, I mean, it's that's understandable. And, and Father Time is still undefeated. Yeah, uh, but you know, the guy that makes makes Father Time maybe look mediocre has been Steph, who's averaging over thirty a game. Yeah. But they've got to get another guy going. Yeah, um, it's it's a over a sixteen point drop from Steph to their second leading scorer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's just not enough right now. So, uh, the the other team that's kind of uh, a, a little bit surprising that they're they're struggling uh, is Memphis, and they're they're three and nine, and the news is not good. Uh, with Marcus Smart out three to five weeks with a with a foot injury. Uh, we know, you know, Morant is out for another tw- 13 games here uh, with his suspension. And Steven Adams out for the year uh, with his knee injury. And, and Tony, it's, it's just uh, the, the, the Grizzlies might be digging themselves a hole that is just too big to dig themselves out of. And we kind of had that feeling before the year began, yep. you know, back when we were doing the, the conference previews. And I think we both mentioned we didn't think Memphis was going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so the struggles they're going through, um, I would say, is anticipated. Don't get me wrong. I didn't plan on Marcus Smart being out for a month or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. But when you don't have your best player, and Ja was, was significantly their best player, you're going to struggle. You know, yeah. and I give, I give some of those guys credit. You take a look at Desmond Baines. 25 and a half a game jaron jackson jr defensive player of the year but he's also pretty good on the offensive end because he's 20 a game yeah but then after that the bottom kind of drops out a little bit um and they they haven't had some of the depth you know again they wanted to distance themselves from dylan brooks and i understand that but dylan brooks would be that third guy and maybe instead of three and nine right now Dylan Brooks might have won them a couple games, and they're five and seven or six and six. Yeah, you're like, okay, we just got to keep holding on until Jaw gets back, and just keep treading water. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's uh, yeah. It's 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 a tough deal for them. Um, their their season may be over before Jaw gets back, and and it's like you said, Tony. It's just not looking good. So uh, let's jump into some some men's college basketball real quick. Uh, Champions Classic the other night, Kansas against Kentucky. Uh, Hunter Dickinson goes off for 27 and 21. Uh, what I called a career, he called a night. And, uh, you know, uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk is uh, kind of keeping things rolling here right now. And, uh, you know, they kind of look like probably the, the, the clear cut best team in the country, you know, on November, what is today? November 19th. 19? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um you know and i would i would say this i i think they're they're good yeah i don't know if i would go clear cut you know and part of that goes back to the fact that 
Big Ten Network one day had two exhibition games, and I watched Michigan State and Tennessee, and after that it was uh, Illinois and Kansas, and Illinois got them that day. And again, you can say, Tony, it's a it's an exhibition game. 100% understand that. I get Bill Self is a fantastic coach, but I think that the, the, the men's college basketball is going to be kind of the merry-go-round that we also anticipate the women being as well. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think Kansas is a definite Final Four favorite. I think they're the national champion favorite, but I don't think they're head and shoulders above everybody. Um, you're going to see some teams like Michigan State's off to a bit of a slow start a little bit. Um, but, but that's not you know, unusual. It goes, what does it go? January, February, Izzo. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, there's there'll be some times where those guys will work their magic. And I would say this. I, I don't know how many people think that Kentucky's at that Kansas level. And they've got two freshmen that are there that they're trying to acclimate in there and Kansas, you know, was, was fortunate to beat Kentucky. And so uh, I'm looking forward to, to men's, you know, college basketball. I think it's going to be an exciting season with a lot of good teams there. Uh, teams like Kansas, uh, teams like Purdue, Arizona went to Duke and beat them. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's, it's going to be a great season. And Marquette looked really good. Remember who Marquette beat the other night on their home floor. It was part of the, uh, Big East, uh, Big Ten Challenge. I'm trying to remember who Marquette had, and they got him on their floor with not, uh, with, with with kind of struggling a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing here, Tony. Uh, kind of a, a unique situation. Um, the the head men's basketball coach at Bryant University, which is in Providence, Rhode Island, a guy by the name of Jared Grasso. Uh, resigned here just uh, this past week, kind of right in the middle of the season. Uh, he pointed to some to, to family concerns. Um, uh, the, I'm reading here from a statement here. The rigors of of a coach's lifestyle and three young children can make uh, that very difficult on me. His role as a father and a husband, my mental and physical health must come first at this time. Uh, and Tony, I know we've talked about it before on the uh, the pod. Uh, just taking care of yourself and that, that, you know, those long weeks, uh, you've, you've also got to find the, that time for yourself. Uh, last week was a crazy week for me. Uh, one night I didn't get home till 10, 15, another night, like I said, eight 30, uh, doing youth basketball stuff and things like that. You, you, you have to find that balance in your life. And, and it looks like coach Grasso, uh, you know, just kind of hit a point where he just had to say enough is enough. And, and, uh, you know, chasing that brass ring is not worth, uh, the, the, the price that may come with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your physical health, your mental health, uh, your family, you know, one of the things as a coach is the fact that you're going to be a coach for a while, but you're going to be, you know, their parent for, for their life and Mm -hmm. for your life. And so, uh, you definitely have to have your priorities in order. No doubt about that. Yeah. So, all right, episode number 65 of the coaching staff developing mental and physical toughness. Uh, A lot of really good things that Tony and I talked about here this week. Uh, You know, like, you know, as you folks know, you you always know how to uh, get a hold of uh, Tony and I, uh, direct message, email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. If you want to, you can put in the subject line, yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, I, I'd been sitting on that for like twenty minutes. I will be honest with you. So, <laughs> if you're still listening, you should expect this kind of stupidity. <laughs> this is so much become the norm. 
he listens to 65 of these things. You know. Yeah, you know. You don't even need to ask. You just know. <laughs> oh, and on that point, uh, I, don't know. I don't have anything else. Uh, we we, we got to get out of here. Uh, episode 65, Developing Mental and Physical Toughness. Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>